Welcome to Day 185 of Shaped by the Word. I'm uh, Paul Kemp here with Matthew Kresge and Catherine Kresge. As uh, we continue in Paul's letters, uh, we have done you know, Paul's uh, general epistles to the church, his prison epistles, and this is a this is a kind of a nice category that we found ourselves into. These are not letters that are addressed, you know, to churches, but to young men, um, men that you know Paul has poured his heart and his life into, has mentored, uh, and he knows that he's put them in difficult situations as they carry on the ministry. So he's entrusting them to God's care. He's giving them instructions about how the church should operate and what it means for them to be godly young men standing strong in a culture that deeply opposes uh, godliness and the nature of the church. And so you see Paul's passion. Uh, He knows that not only has he left them in difficult situations, but he may soon be leaving them altogether. And it is up to the next generation of leaders to carry on uh, the ministry of the church. And so we get a little bit of insight into how Paul prepared people in a form ministry. So before we uh, read the first letter to Timothy, uh, followed by Titus, and then second letter to Timothy, which would be the last letters that uh, came off of Paul's pen you know, toward the end of his life, uh, let's, uh, let's ask the Lord to meet us in this moment, to use his word to continue to build us up in Christ Jesus. So, Katie, could you lift us up? Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for um, this moment that you have brought us to. Thank you for your faithfulness and and revealing yourself to us through your word. Um, Would your spirit just um, bring light to these words that we're about to read, Um, God, that you would enlighten our hearts um, and help us to interpret what you're saying here, what Paul was saying to Timothy and what it means for us today. So thank you for these words. Thank you for this time. Would you give us wisdom and would you um, empower us to to go and, and be obedient to you for the sake of, of the name of Jesus? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urge you when I sent you to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus, so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me worthy, pointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saving that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. 
but for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Timothy, my son, I'm giving this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them you might fight the battle well, holding on to faith within the good conscience. Some have rejected and have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to save and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time, and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I am not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Therefore I want men everywhere to pray lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles of gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, and propriety. Fantastic mixture of great theology, good prayer, and some things that uh, are a little bit hard to understand and follow exactly, you know, where Paul where Paul is going and, and all of this. But you have to you catch from the very beginning, you know, his passion for this young man, my, my true son in the mm-hmm. faith. And you can hear the passion of this as he passes it on. And I, and I love, you know, right from the beginning, he says, the goal of everything I'm teaching is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some departed from these, and of course he's mentioning those, and that's the struggle that Timothy is facing, our false teachers who are you know, building on myths, in other words, extra-biblical writings, or probably reading too much into the genealogies you know, found in the book of Genesis and making more of those than they should, which you know, kind of form themselves into myths. And uh, they're arguing about these and having arguments you know, over words, you know, which, which are a part of it. So that's kind of the situation we find ourselves in when we crack into these first two chapters of Timothy. Mm-hmm. You have to love to his description, um, kind of into verse ten, verse eleven, where he says, "And you know, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, you know, which he entrusted to me." I mean, this is what Paul sees at stake as he's writing to Timothy is, you know, at stake in in both him as a minister of the gospel, but also these false teachers, you know, is this glory of the blessed God in the gospel in which he's entrusted to them. And he goes on. And kind of gives us some content. I love verse th- thirteen how he begins that. Even though I once I was once you know a blasphemer, he goes on, but Christ Jesus, you know, even then you know saved me. And, and it's just I think it's such a reminder. Even though I once was, the grace of the Lord was poured out on me abundantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and of course Paul can easily say to anyone he's ever ministered to, uh, no matter what you were. 
uh, God's grace is sufficient mm -hmm. to uh, conform you into his image and to make you a new person in Christ Jesus. And, and I love, you know, 15 through, you know, 17, where he goes deeper into that thought. Here's a trustworthy saying. And whenever he says this, uh, you know, it, it's, he's putting exclamation marks mm -hmm. around this. He said, here's something that's deep in my heart and soul. This is a deep conviction for me. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst, but for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And then every one of the sections in Timothy are he escorts us from one section of a letter to another with, with kind of a poem or a hymn, mm -hmm. and, and what a beautiful you know hymn, now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. Were the, um, the, the people, the false teachers coming in, were they teaching that the law um, wasn't for them, or were they teaching that they needed to continue to um, obey the law as they once did, or what? Do you think yeah, if you're you're like reading into context, of course, the heart of what he's calling them out for are their their myths, which would be extra biblical mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, they're taking you know the biblical text, but possibly you know the stories from the early part of Genesis and mm -hmm. making them bigger and adding to them and speculating about them. And mm -hmm. so, there's a place where you have you know the book of the tables you know going through. So they're probably using those genealogies and myth but his you know attack on the a law or his mm -hmm. his his subtle you know his subtle correction on the law uh, i love the way that in the original it reads he said the law is lawful for those who use it lawfully mm -hmm. and uh use, you know uses a re repeat in, in that and what he's talking about is, is the law gives us boundaries uh that ultimately uh reveal you know, our lack of righteousness and holiness and drive us to the gospel. And so they're probably trying to use the law as a means of sanctification rather than faith. Mm -hmm. You'll notice how that's his contrast, you know, between the law and faith. In other words, trusting God to complete that work in you rather than trusting human codes or human effort, you know, to complete that work in you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of a complicated grid, you know, that we're looking at. Not, not just legalism because there's, extra biblical teaching that's coming along with it as well mm -hmm. yeah and i mean he says twice the beginning and the end that whatever the, whatever these opponents are these false teachers you know they're teaching s some sort of false doctrine you know along with it which obviously i mean that could be a variety of things depending on the teachers and, and you know whatever it is i mean he tells timothy you know make sure you guard your life and your doctrine you know so that you will save yourself and your hearers you know the, the importance of of holding on to the content that we've received in the gospel and to faithful teaching you know, is of, of utmost importance. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a reader, just reading like verse 8 through um, 11, you know, you start feeling, um, ooh, yeah, I'm, pro I'm probably included in that list. And then you get to him saying, I am the worst of sinners. And, you know, this is the grace of God that has brought me to where I am. And so it's encouraging to, yes, feel like the conviction of our sin and then to see that um, someone like him who was, you know, what he lists out was shown grace in Christ Jesus. Like, okay, that means that I have hope too. You know, I can be righteous, not because of what I have done, but because of what God has done in Christ for me. Mm -hmm. 
of course, there's none of us that don't fall under the category of lawbreakers and rebels. Right. You know that we have asserted our own autonomy and have decided to ignore the clear mandate of God's word and have chosen our own way, which is the very heart of sin. Uh, every you know sin begins with a you know what you know D. A. A. Carson would call de godding God and enthroning ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so all of us you know are there. All of us are ungodly and sinful. All of us have been unholy and irreligious. Hopefully very few of us have mm-hmm. killed their fathers or their mothers and you know it, it goes on from there. But mm-hmm. Paul you know Paul can describe himself as you know someone who formerly was righteous according to the law as who was the chief of sinners the worst of sinners mm-hmm. so that and the purpose of that is so that you know Christ's grace could be magnified his immense patience you know what a wonderful phrase yeah. mm-hmm. in the same way that he has to have immense patience with those who most irritate us he has also had to have immense patience with you know with us yeah. with us as well yeah. and uh, anytime someone provokes you to impatience uh, mm-hmm. you should remember the far greater patience you know that Christ Jesus has had mm-hmm with you mm-hmm. you have to love to his transition in chapter two you know where he he says i urge them first of all that petitions prayers and intercession things can be made for all people for kings and for those in authority yeah we, we tend to read that and, and maybe we read it in light of you know we've had presidents who are christian or we've had you know kings who have been christians but when paul's writing this you know if it, it, say it's you know, probably nero sitting there you're a Christian receiving this thinking, you want me to pray on behalf of Nero, the, the one who is killing all of these Christians? You want me to? And he would say, yeah, because we, we have a Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, and, and we have to, I think, be people who are marked by you know, praying for, for our leaders. And it doesn't mean that we have to agree with everything that they're doing. No. That's certainly not what he's saying. But you know, if we want to please the Lord... Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same thing that happened, you know, when the people went into exile into Babylon in uh, Jeremiah 29 and said, you know, to seek the welfare of yeah. the city. Uh, because as the city prospers, so you prosper. Here, he's not saying, you know, as the, you know, as the state prospers, so you prosper. He's saying as the state prospers, so the gospel prospers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, of course, this is a great verse for, for, for where we are right now. Yeah. You know, in praying for our country that we might live with peace with each other, not that we might win a political fight by going back and forth with, you know, who's right and who's wrong, but so that the gospel can come underneath, you know, both those on the right and the left and redeem them and reconcile them, you know, together in Christ. And so what we want to be is the kind of people where the gospel can prosper, not necessarily who win, you know, a political argument along the way. And then we get to the passage on what is Paul saying, you know, when he says that a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. You know, that's one of those kind of problematic passages. Even Katie and I were talking about it this morning. She was looking at some commentary. She's like, I can, say, I can see how that would be problematic yeah. for Katie. She must Katie's be. Not allowed to she talk must the be quiet anymore. Yeah. yeah, you know, but we're, she's reading through the commentaries and she's like. They all talk about how difficult this passage is because every word in this is contested on how you can translate it. But at the same time, you know, if you take this just in a, in a rigid, straightforward manner as, you know, this is the only passage, then you would just say, okay, women can't permit it. You know, it's literal. But then you have other passages, and we've talked about this like in uh, 1 Corinthians where Paul says when women prophesy in the church, they should do it in a proper way. Mm-hmm. And to prophesy is to exhort and encourage. Yeah. 
And so you have, you know, and obviously in doing that, that's a prophesying as a, a speech act. Yeah. And it's for building up the body of Christ and for encouraging each other in the body of Christ. And so he gives us, you know, kind of some theology, you know, that is, you know, a bit, you know, weird to us. First, he, he orders it in creation. Yeah. Adam was created first, and it was Eve who was deceived. And probably context has a lot, you know, to, you know, to tell us about this because you've had these false teachers coming in. And you also see, as you look later in the letter, that the people that they are, you know, the people that they're going after or victimizing with their false teaching are largely, you know, weak-willed women who are always learning but never coming to a knowledge of truth. So there are some women in the church that are carrying this doctrine forward. And so Paul goes back to creation order. He said, you know, there was a time when false teaching entered the garden and Eve was deceived and carried on that doctrine. I am encouraging you, you know, to have a biblical order and not to see that repeated, yeah. not to see this false doctrine, you know, carried forward by, you know, weak-willed women who are ever learning and never coming, you know, to a knowledge of truth, who love the argument and love the prominence, who, who love to even come in, you know, uh, displaying their wealth and shaming other believers so you have you know kind of an interesting and then you also have women will be saved through <laughs> through childbearing yeah. so does that mean that if you have not had a child you cannot be saved yeah. or that uh, you know or if you have had a child you don't have to have faith in Christ in order to be saved <laughs> obviously not it, it's it's returning to the creation order yeah. and you have the the very same thing that was happening you know with many of you know many Roman women who were denying marriage you've already you know you're going to find out in this text that they're telling people not to get married not to eat certain foods so you have denial of marriage you know as a good thing the denial of family is a good thing and what you have is paul bringing it back you know the creation order is is what you're created for doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean that every a woman needs to be married or every woman that is married needs to have a child or every woman that needs to have a child but when you go back to God's creative purposes yeah. in your heart and life you you bring order you know not only to creation but you bring order you know to the church as well yeah. so yeah these are difficult and, and you probably have to read them in much you know wider in much yeah. wider context mm -hmm. it's it, I mean it's so good just hearing you you know, speak of those passages and those things. Like we do when we read a problematic passage, don't just read it at face value, straightforward, and think, okay, this is problematic. But it says it, so I'm, I just have to believe. I mean, we want to try to reconcile it with what what have we heard? You know, Paul say elsewhere. What does he mm -hmm. say in the rest of the letter? What is he restricting? You know, is there? We want to ask those questions. Um, yeah. No, you you have to ask yourself. You know, I have no idea what this means. Yeah, and I do know what it cannot mean. Yeah, I, and do know that uh, you know that. Uh, Having children is not a means of being justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, I do know uh, that not every woman is encouraged anywhere in Scripture. Not every woman is encouraged. You know, Paul encourages young women not to marry, mm -hmm. and therefore, you know, not to have kids. Right. So it certainly doesn't mean that you know childbearing is necessary. You know, part of being a woman. Uh, what it means is, you know, this is part of what these teachers are denying: the the, the value. Of being married and the value of, of having, you know, children. And so Paul is saying, this is you know this is part of God's creative gift, and it is part of, you know, who you are and accepting who you are in Christ, it is restoring biblical order. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's and, a great and there, thing to there, talk about. there's one answer, 
you know, there are other answers. Yeah, you know, there are right. other answers to this mm-hmm. as well. But we left ourselves two minutes to, to discuss well, this, and we've gone yeah, exactly. five. We've gone five minutes over. But isn't this? In, I mean, discussing isn't this. this the reminder to us that the the word sits over us? We don't sit, you know, over it. And, and when we come to hard passages, we read them with humility, knowing, you know, these are hard passages, and we're not. We're not the ones who are authoritative over it. It's authoritative yeah. over us. And, uh, and, and Peter, who was also authoritative over us, said that uh, Paul's letters are sometimes hard to understand. <laughs> yeah. And so here we go. <laughs> here we go. Peter said what we were all thinking. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you uh, that uh, you do everything decently in order, that you brought order into creation out of chaos. You brought order into relationships. Uh, by creating men and women in your image to reflect your glory. Uh, You've brought uh, your glory through the earth by uh, the mandate to fill it with godliness. And uh, we thank you that uh, uh, you're bringing order to our lives as we trust in you as well. Thank you, Father, for the clear teachings of Scripture and the hard teachings of Scripture, for the humility it brings us and causes us to look to you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.